forgiveness of myself because Ooh. there was, yeah, there was so much like, oh man, I got chills. <laughs> yeah. How many years did I waste on this person? Because I married him when I was 20 years old. How many years did I waste on this person? Hey there, besties, and welcome to our cozy corner of the podcasting world. It's time for another episode of Share Latte. I'm Min, your virtual coffee bestie and host. Imagine us in a cozy cafe, the aroma of freshly brewed coffee in the air, and ready to embark on an inspiring journey. In each episode, remarkable women share their stories of triumphs over life's challenges, providing a warm embrace for your soul. These tales remind you of resilience and determination, our keys to success. So grab your favorite brew, get comfy, and join us for the conversation that will awaken your mind and heart. You'll discover your own power to turn tough times into incredible strengths. The Share Latte podcast sprinkles hope and courage and the belief that you can not only handle, but thrive into your day. All right, besties, let's embrace those tales of triumphs and get ready for another awesome episode of Share Latte. Hey there, coffee besties. Welcome back to another energizing episode of Share a Latte. I'm Min, your coffee-loving host, and today we've got a blend of inspiration and insight on the menu. Today we're diving into a heartwarming cup of wisdom with Jenny Sharp. Jenny is a creative soul in the enchanting vibes of Portland, Oregon. Jenny is an intuitive guide, a coach, and a real energy healer. Her passion? Empowering women to embrace their inner magic chase after their soul's yearnings, and craft a life that ignites their spirits. So my fellow besties, grab that cup of coffee, settle in your comfy spot, and let's hear from Jenny. She's here to pour out secrets of self-love that will leave you feeling as warm and invigorated as your favorite morning brew. Stay tuned as we brew some self-love and a shot of empowerment. Welcome back, friends. I'm so excited to have Jen with us. Jen has been inspirational. I We've known each other for a couple of years now. We went through a coaching program together. But one of the things that I loved about Jen was that Jen talks so heavily about self-love, but this is not a easy journey. So before we get too deep, Jen, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and how you found your own self-love? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So I feel like my journey always kind of starts around like 2016. Obviously, that's not when I was born, but that's when this aspect of the journey kind of really got going. My dad passed away from terminal cancer. I flew back across the country to live with my mom. My husband at the time joined me here later after a few months, and then things just fell apart. Like our marriage could not work in outside of the ecosystem it had been in any longer. And so made the decision to end the marriage. And then in, I had this feeling of, you know, heartbroken, of course, you know, it's not life wasn't going how I thought it was going to go, but there was this feeling of freedom and I can do anything and I don't have to worry about what he wants or, you know, the life together. It's literally just me again. What do I want to do? So it was a very pivotal moment for me. And I just threw myself into, you know, making friends again. I'd been really isolated while I was married, living, you know, across the country. So working, making friends, but also like seeing that the local community college has a class called find your true North. And I was like, bingo, that's, that's what I need. I need to go, you know, find my true North. What am I doing with my life? I don't know. And so, and that just kind of started this ball rolling of honing my intuition, you know, using my intuitive gifts, um, Mm -hmm. getting to know who I am, what I want, following my intuition, even when it's hard, but then, you know, learning, learning other spiritual practices and getting into life coaching programs, like to be coached, you know, for myself to be in, you know, that, that community and going to masterminds and things and, And then from there, seeing like, I love the way this woman works with her clients. I love how I have transformed. Is this something I could do too? And so that's kind of where I springboarded into, I think I can do this too. Let's try it out. And I started coaching people and I found I was like a natural at it, developed my own, you know, flavor for how, how I wanted to help women. And, you know, just kind of went from there, you know, at this point I'm now 
like I've got singing bowls and I'm doing sound baths and, you know, I do Reiki energy healing and read Oracle cards and, you know, all this fun stuff that years ago, I would have been like, that is witchcraft. (laughs) I'm not. I love that we're giggling about it because I think I saw that in you when I first met you. So Mm -hmm. I love this. Yeah. Yeah, I was still, you know, for a long time, like it was just little steps at a time of kind of breaking out of the religion I was raised in and whatnot. But yeah. So that's kind of my story. Just, you know, that big transition of losing a parent and leaving a marriage and then what do I want? Yeah. Yeah. Before we dive into a little more about your self-love, how you talked about feeling free after, Mm -hmm. after your divorce, having been gone through a divorce recently myself, I could contest that, but that didn't, that did that happen overnight? Was that like the minute that you signed the divorce papers? Were you then free? And then how did that lead into you loving yourself? Did did you take a dip and then, or like? Yeah. Yeah. So as far as feeling free, I don't know that it was the exact moment. I mean, I'm pretty sure the book, because there was a whole journey, you know, it, of course. there was a whole journey from the moment things seem to be not going well and he's being suspicious and not coming home at night and what, you know, like what's happening to he's been gone and now we're sitting in a McDonald's waiting for my car that while he had it, somebody broke a window out of it. Who knows what shenanigans he was getting into, but you know, the car is being repaired. And so we're sitting in a McDonald's at like 9am in the morning. And he's like, I want a divorce out of nowhere. And I'm like, well, what? <laughs> and it was, I don't want to do counseling. I don't want da, 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 da. And from there, then. So you didn't even know. I had no idea. He I had no idea. You. He ambushed me. I had no idea. So then it was like, okay, well, bye, get out, you know? And then a few days later, it's, you know, no, I do want to go to counseling and, you know, all this stuff. And so we went to counseling for a while, but he was living in his car, you know, all this stuff. And so, so crazy. But he kept saying he wanted to move back, back to the East Coast. And, you know, so it, it's, it's, we're working on it, but we're constantly getting in fights. And it's like, I'm not this really isn't going super well. So it just, you know, I've had it in the back of my mind, this probably is going to end, you know? And so at at the moment where, you know, he is saying, I want to move back. And I said, well, what, what does that mean? You know? And he goes, well, I don't think long distance is fair on either one of us too. So we should get a divorce. And I was like, okay. And at this point it had been like, I don't know, four, six months since he originally asked for a divorce. So I was like, okay. You were ready. I was like, like, okay, that's fine. And so you know, he left a few weeks later and he, he was actually, he told me later, you know, a year later or something like he thought that I would say, okay, I'll move back with you. And that's Mm. not, that's not what happened. He was, you know, he was trying to call my bluff or whatever, but I was just like, okay. And at the time of him leaving, he's like, well, do you think if I'm, you know, doing well in a year that we could get back together, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I don't see that happening. Like never say never, but I don't see that happening. And he's like, you're moving on too fast. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) So by the time it was actually like he moved back and then I'm ready to actually file papers. It's now been a year since it has, you know, that he's asked, you know, for the divorce originally at this. So at that point, I'm like, I've processed this this marriage is not working. I'm ready to move on. So there, you know, it took a while. It was definitely not overnight. Yeah. At first it was shock and grief and, you know, coming to the realization that he was probably now I do know was cheating on me, you know, all these things. So there was absolutely grief and having to get over that. But as soon as it started to be like, this really isn't working. I don't see mm-hmm. this working out. Yeah. I'm ready to file. Then it's like, yeah, it's sad, but oh, well, you know, I've got I've got a whole life that I got to live and I can't deal with it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. I love this. So how much of that was like a light switch for you to recognize that, like what you wanted out of life, love, the next phase of your life after post-divorce meant a lot of you falling in love with yourself. Being a woman who recently went through this herself, I don't think for me, it was literally a light switch moment where I was like, wow, I can go back and relearn those lessons or I can really change the way that I'm looking at myself and how much I value myself and how much self-worth I have. Yeah. I think for me, a lot of it was forgiveness of myself because there was, yeah, there was so much like, 
Oh man, I got chills. <laughs> yeah. How many years did I waste on this person? Because I married him when I was 20 years old. How many years did I waste on this person? And I real and you know, when you're 20, a lot of times you don't know yourself that well yet. That's usually when people start kind of getting to know themselves better, where they start yeah. having the independence. And I didn't do that. I immediately mm-hmm. jumped into a relationship, got married, was isolated, didn't have I mean, I could the first one of the first big arguments we got into right after we got married, I had moved out to Massachusetts across the country and we got into this big argument and I said, I need to take a walk. I'm going to, I'm going to leave. I need to take a walk. I need to cool down. I need to remove myself from this argument. And his response was, if you leave, your stuff will be on the front porch when you get back. And I was 20 years old. So, and I had, you know, no support system. Didn't have a job yet where I out there, you know, I didn't have any money. I, you know, I was like, well, I just married you. What am I supposed to, what, what yeah. <laughs> my stuff's going to be, I have to, what then like, I can't just, you know, go back to my parents' house or spend a night with a friend. I'm literally alone here. Like, what am I going to mm-hmm. do? Just grab a, you know, thousand dollar, your 500, however much it would have been to grab a immediate airplane ticket and leave. Like, what are you talking about? And so I was just in, you know, that fight or flight, like fawn and freeze. Right. of just okay not leaving i'm just going to sit here i guess so i lost a lot of self discovery of myself there was a lot of trying to please him you know he's very controlling manipulative like not how do i make sure i don't make him mad how do i still mm-hmm. how do i still try to feel like me but not make him mad and da, da, you know and we don't have any money and he's not working and you know, all these just so many problems so many problems and just everything was just felt like it was on hold I spent five years living there feeling like everything was on hold until I finally move out here. This whole process starts. And now it's like, I've, I've lost five years of my life. And at this point, you know, six or seven, like, I don't want to lose any more time. And I can't just yeah. keep, there's nothing I can do. I can't change it, you know? Yeah. And so having the, being able to forgive myself, to be able to forgive, not just me at that point at, you know, 26, 27 years old, but me at 20 years old. Mm-hmm say you didn't know any better yeah you know you didn't you didn't know how to have a healthy relationship you didn't know how to stand your own ground to how to walk away when you needed you didn't even know that you needed to walk away you know yeah absolutely so being able to really forgive myself and it's still Mm -hmm. a struggle because you know when you have someone who has you know gaslit you who has constantly told you like Oh, you, you're overly emotional. You overreact to everything. You da, 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 da. It still comes up sometimes where I'm like, Oh yeah. Am I making the right those words to me? Yeah. You saying those words to me, man. I, I, I had to take a minute and just breathe because all I could think was those are words that I heard and I'm still yeah. a little triggered by them. Yeah. And it's like, you still, it's hard to trust yourself because then you still have that echoing and you still question. Sometimes I even question did that actually happen? Was he actually like that? Was he? Yes. Yes, he was. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes I have to like, you know, even just ask my therapist and she's like, yes, those, those things happened and they were not healthy things. And they were, you know, I've actually never said this on a podcast, you know, emotionally abusive. I'm not going to say that he is an abuser as a person because everyone has flaws, but things that he did was emotionally abusive and, you know, lying, manipulating, controlling. So having to undo all of that conditioning to find, to be able to even hear my intuition again, mm-hmm. because I was so yeah. shut down. Like you just live in fight or flight and you're just trying to make money and please this person. And you assume that you're happy, but you don't even realize you're not happy. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I do. I need a minute. I didn't realize. <laughs> I mean, listen, through all of my conversations, I've had a little bit of triggers that have happened, but this, this one cut deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when, when was it that you recognized that like you weren't, go- you weren't going back to this? Like this was the moment that you had to really one, save yourself and forgive yourself. I think the, the real end was when he said he was going to move back to Massachusetts. And I was like, okay, done. Did you have, did you have any feelings by that point? Were you, were you just, I, I don't felt like kind using of, the word numb, but more of the sense of like, you're going to do what you want to do. And I'm going to do what I want to do. And this is me re- moving on. I felt relieved to step off the roller coaster. Ooh, 
though. <laughs> yeah, I felt relieved that I could step, you know, because I've had, you know, I remember, you know, a year later or something, hanging out with a friend and and she's talking to someone else on the phone. Oh, do you want to come hang out with us? Oh, I'm with my friend, Jenny. She's a badass. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, you got divorced. You're a badass. And I'm like, I still have trouble with that because I, I'm like, yeah, but he asked for the divorce. He wanted to leave. He wanted da, 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 da. It, And I almost feel like almost ashamed that like, I couldn't find that within myself to walk away just on my own merit. But in that moment, you know, of him saying, yeah, I'm going to move back. So we should divorce. And finally just letting myself be like, yep, I'm ready to step off this roller coaster, knowing that I feel relieved that this is happening, even though it is sad because I, you know, care about this person. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. That's fine. I can't like, bye. (laughs) And so from there, you know, his response is like, you're moving on too fast. I'm like, nope, I've had plenty of time to process this. I need to. Yeah, I feel like once I move on, I do really move on. And I'm like, nope, bye. I can't do this yeah. anymore. So just being able to, but but even then knowing that he was still baiting me, he was still trying to, to oh, she'll she'll want to come move back with me. Even, you know, a year or two after we divorced, I would still get messages from him like, hey, I make really good money now. I got a great job. You don't have to work, blah, blah. You know, all these things. I'm like, no, it's not happening because you can't, you can't pay me enough money to live like that again. I need my own freedom. Yeah. I need my own. Also, I feel like that's just a tactic. Like, are you using that as a tactic so that I I come and then, then you get to be financially abusive at that point too? Like things over my head about that. Yeah. And it's, it's so mind crazy, you know, messes with your mind. Cause it's like, he was like cheating on me and stuff. It's like, why do you even want to be with me? You know, (laughs) like I'm just something that you can't let go of. Right. You know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not on board with that. I need my own freedom, my own autonomy and my own friends, my own social life, my own passions. You know, I, so here's one thing that I've been reflecting on recently is that I loved singing and I never brought my guitar out there. I hardly ever sang. And that's not like he was like, don't sing or anything. I never felt comfortable enough to do it. And I noticed that when I would fly home and visit my family and I'd go to church with my mom, my voice would crack. I didn't have any stamina. You know, my vocal cords had weakened. I didn't have, I like couldn't sing anymore. Why? Oh Why would I let that happen? Wow. I cannot let that happen again. You know what I mean? Like I, and that's still a fear of mine. Like I do not want to ever lose myself in a relationship ever again, ever again. I know that there's things that like, I love singing. I need to feel free enough to do that. I need to feel free enough that, that my passions are, you know, close to my heart and that they're going to continue. And that even if someone else doesn't like it or whatever, like, then they can go, you know, like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's important to me needs to stay important to me. So that's kind of my version of self-love is being able to have my freedom, have my freedom, know what my passions are and know that that is more important than a fairy tale. Yeah. Because that's I, what I, I love that definition. That's what I was looking for growing up was, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to work. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to marry wealthy. <laughs> Never happened, but you know, I wanted to fall in love and I wanted to be taken care of. And what I was shown through media and things like that did not give me a good, realistic view of how a relationship should work. So I did marry someone very quickly who I didn't really know well enough that I assumed that I loved, which was, you know, that early, you know, falling in love, you know, all that lusty butterfly in your stomach. Cool. That's fine. But like, do not, please do not get married based on that feeling. As a 20 year old, I didn't know what I was doing. I assumed this person was going to be who I wanted because I wanted them, you know? But those don't equal the same thing. Just because you want them doesn't mean they're actually who you want. And so it's always funny to me seeing, you know, so many people on on social media, you know, all these bros, like men want this and women are like that and blah, blah. I'm like, I don't give a flying fuck what men want. (laughs) I do not. Like, love, I love this, Jed. I only uh -uh. know this version of you. I, I have some male friends who I absolutely adore. I do not hate men, I think, but I do think we have a, like a 
I don't know if this is the right word, but like a pandemic of bro culture that is horrendously awful for everyone involved. But the fact that so many can't recognize that a man or a woman can be happy single. Why is that a problem? Why is it a problem to be happy single? Why is it a problem to be happy and not have children? Why is it a problem to wait to find the right person? You know, why Why are these things problems? That is not my entire goal in life. Unfortunately, it was for a long time. But I know I was put on this planet to do many more things than to just get married. I I love that. And as a former girl who thought that her worth her destiny, her life revolved around getting married and having children. I can definitely agree like the place that you're at right now and how free it is. And, and when women say like, when I hear women now telling me that they don't want children, I literally like, good for you, girl, you know, like, you know what you want out of life. And I don't think children are going to fulfill all aspects that you're looking for. I think that there is beauty in relationships in general. And a lot of those times, like you get them from your girlfriends and family And like my girlfriends have, like I have children, but my girlfriends who decided not to have children found that they got fulfilled by being around other people's kids without Mm -hmm. the disgustingness of battling ear infections and 3 (laughs) a.m. beatings, you know? So I think you're absolutely right. Why can't you be single and just be happy being single? So let's go back to that because a lot of that, stems from recognizing yourself and loving yourself because it because in those moments when you are lonely that's when I don't know about you but that's for me that was when I was looking for companionship when I'm lonely and I also had to recognize that I was probably looking for companionship because I didn't think that my own personal company was enough because Mm. I didn't love myself enough Mm -hmm. so how did you start falling in love with yourself definitely just one step at a time. There's so many layers to it as far as, you know, loving your, like I have chronic illness. So that's a hard one for me, loving myself, even though my, it seems like my body isn't working how I want it to work or Mm -hmm. not being as thin or fit as I used to be, or, you know, different aspects of that falling in love with. Honestly, for a while, I did actually date myself. I think I did it for at least a month where I was like, I'm going to refer to myself as my own girlfriend. I'm going to take myself out to a restaurant. I'm going to go to see a movie alone for the first time. I took myself to San Francisco for a few days for a trip. I remember, I remember on that trip and that is around the time that where it was like, he had moved away and I was like, I'm ready for a divorce. So I took myself to San Francisco alone and I loved it. I loved that I could like come back to the hotel and take a nap in the middle of the day if I needed to. I love that I didn't have somebody telling me, you know, like, oh, oh, your back's hurting. You're ruining the experience, you know, by cutting it short or blah, blah. Like I could do whatever I wanted. I got around, you know, I took buses in a city that I didn't know at all. Like I, and I had this feeling of like, if I can do this, I can do anything. I'm navigating this city that I'm unfamiliar with that in years past would have been like, that's too hard. I don't know how to do that. Or I don't want to look stupid or whatever. Like, no, I went and found fun things to do, places to go be, you know, and I loved it. And I didn't have to answer to anybody else. And not that I always want to travel alone or anything like that, but just knowing that I could do that was a big, a big step in that moment for me. Like I can do this. I can, I can be single. I can create a life that I want to live, go places anywhere that, you know, I want to go. I remember around that time, I also took like pole dancing lessons you know oh, just love that love that for you <laughs> just I just want to go try things I you know that I felt you know if I felt boxed in by being in this relationship with somebody but like and that was also a part of the other thing too of leaving this marriage I also had to start questioning my own religious beliefs because I'd kind of been oh. at this point I was a Christian on autopilot I wasn't actively attending church or anything like that but I was still a Christian and I was like Okay, so if I'm divorcing somebody, moving forward, do do I have sex before marriage? Do I want to do that? I don't know. Do I? Is it a sin? Do I believe in sin? Do I, you know, just like, what am oh, I doing? You know, like just oh, complete deep dive. Deep. Yeah, yeah, just completely deep diving into like, okay, if I'm going to date in the future, 
is that, that something like? yeah is that something I'm okay like is it okay to you know have sex with somebody before marriage because before it wasn't you know so also then deconstructing all of my religious beliefs what do I believe spiritually you know also very freeing but yeah and then creating more connection with the universe my intuition you know is because while I was married I was very much I made a vow to this person in sickness and in health in good times and bad these are the bad times someday there will be good times but these are the bad times and I vowed to stay in it for the bad times no no they were all bad times some good times but you were good times compared to the bad times yes and it and I didn't realize that you know at the time I'm this is the person I love I made a vow to be with them I'm going to be with them for the rest of my life and someday it will be better until finally there was no someday it was the relationship was over and realizing that like I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big proponent for divorce at this point, honestly. Okay. So can we talk about this for a second? Yeah. Because because I, I was the same going into my marriage. I was like, if somebody wants out, somebody going to die. Because that's the only way somebody gets out of this. We made a commitment to each other through thick and thin, hard times and great times. But I think for me now, it's, you made a decision to get into the marriage you can choose to stay in the marriage. And that choice is made daily. Yes. Every single day. And if you choose to be in the marriage, then you also choose to fight for your marriage. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that fight gets exhausting. And sometimes you have to learn that that fight isn't worth it. And sometimes a lot of that time, I feel like it's one-sided. And when it becomes one-sided, it's not fair to the other person. It's not fair to you. So how much of a struggle was that for you? Like, like for me, I stayed in my marriage a good year longer than I should have. Yeah. Because I didn't want to get divorced. Yeah, I remember feeling that. And I remember expressing that to my husband at the time that I felt I was like, man, this sucks because I feel like I'm a failure that I'm getting divorced. And he really latched oh. on to that. He latched on to that. He was like, you're more concerned that you're going to be a divorced person than you are about actually getting, div- you know, about like actually ending the relationship. And it's like, well, it's so multi-layered, you know, but at this point, I feel like if I ever remarried, it would probably be under very different circumstances and looking at marriage in a very different light. I think taking away the religious aspects of it help Mm -hmm. Uh, realizing, you know, this is a legal contract you were signing with somebody, but also knowing that to live with, you know, I can live with somebody and not marry them. Cause I, that wasn't like, okay. In my, you know, Christian upbringing head, if I'm moving across the country with this person, I need to have, I have to have married them. I can't just be living in sin, you know, all these things. So when I start stripping all of that back, marriage is going to be a very different in the future if I ever remarry. But I do think if you, you know, if this is somebody that you love and care about and you did want to have, you know, a commitment with them, it probably is worth generally fighting for. Mm -hmm. But knowing when you are ready to actually walk away, but you're right as far as like the, you know, the being one sided as I put a lot of blame on you know, myself for like, oh, I'm the one who filed for the divorce and I walked away and blah, blah, blah. But like, wait a second. He was not fulfilling his duties as a partner if he was cheating on me. If he's stepping out of the marriage, why do I have to stay in it? Mm-hmm. You know, so many in whether that's, you know, treating somebody well and not manipulating them, not lying to them, not, you know, there's so many different reasons to divorce somebody. If they're really not living up to being a good partner to you, then absolutely you deserve to be able to walk away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. And uh, I do yeah. think sometimes people confuse it with, you know, like, oh, well, I don't like that they don't put the dishes away. That is absolutely something that you can either work on or be okay with. You don't have to change that. Yeah. Maybe they suck at putting the dishes away. Okay. I'll get over it or, you know, whatever. I'm talking about real issues, you know, as far of as course. like, are, are you living the life that you feel called to live? Is this person actually bringing you, bringing something more to your life, love, joy, happiness, peace, or are they bringing you more stress, chaos, confusion? Mm-hmm. And if it's more stress, chaos, confusion, 
lies, betrayal. Oh no, that's that's a no. <laughs> this feels like another episode that we're gonna have to dive into at another time. <laughs> Just an FYI, dating dating with Jen. I feel like that <laughs> might become a series because there's a lot of stuff that's happening here, and I love it. Yeah. But going back for a second, did mm-hmm. you, so you you took it one day at a time. Was there anything specific that you did to fall in love? a little bit more daily with yourself? Did you do like affirmations, meditation? Was it trying new things once a week? So I did do the dating myself for a short amount of time. I did do that like coaching program where I was working with a life coach um, Mm -hmm. for a year in her like group coaching program. So I had something to work on every month in that aspect as far as like, what's my relationship with money? money? How am I parenting myself? How am I loving myself? How am I, you know, what's my health like? going through all these different aspects of my life. Yes. Trying new things, spending time with friends, you know, giving myself permission to just get in the car and drive and listen to music and sing my heart out or go walk on the waterfront, you know, walk with my feet in the river and feel the earth. And what does, what does me at my essence feel like? I remember like taking, driving myself to the beach, which is, you know, like 90 minutes to two hours away from where I live, you know, just taking myself to the beach and playing in the water. And like, what does it feel like to be alive? What does it feel like to be me? Yeah. And just letting myself enjoy that. Oh, yeah, I love that. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about how you help women now fall in love with themselves because this has become your calling. Well, and, and just so everybody knows, like I, met Jen when she was building this program. (laughs) So it was very focused on self-love a few years ago. And that is definitely a core aspect of my program is called soul led magic. Oh, I I love love the name of it. I love Um, that name. I love it. So what I really love is working with unfulfilled creative women, usually multi-passionate, usually ADHD. And they have this thing, this passion project, this thing that they can feel in their heart. It keeps echoing in their head. They're like, I got to do that thing. I got to do that thing. And they don't. Oh, okay. So you're talking to me. (laughs) Yeah. And instead they, you know, they go to work, they watch Netflix and they go to bed and then rinse and repeat. And they keep Mm -hmm. saying tomorrow, I'm going to get to that thing. And that (laughs) thing could be, you know, getting a van and traveling the country or, cre- or homesteading or creating a side hustle, you know, starting that business you've always wanted to start. Or I've had clients who are, you know, they're usually multi-passionate. So, you know, Oh, I've got, I've got too many ideas and too many yes. ways that I needed it. And so they don't end up focusing and prioritizing on that thing that they feel that their soul's calling them to do because they're living in their habits. They're living on autopilot, but like recording music and having that music available on, you know, Spotify and Apple or, you know, that kind of thing, or, I've had a client who she's working in corporate, but she wanted to start like hosting luxury retreats for moms who have special needs kids, you know, people who are graphic designers and, you know, want to live the van life and go to all the national parks. And I recently had a client who she was like, I need help with my, with my business and my career. And then when we really got down to it, she was like, cause I don't have clarity. I was like, no, you do have clarity. You're just ashamed of what you want because what she, what she wanted was to actually be a stay at home mom. Ooh, I love that you said she was ashamed of what she wanted. Yeah, because, because I, I think was... that's a lot of the reason why, mm-hmm. like, I will say this, when I started my business, a lot of what was holding me back was because I was ashamed. I didn't want to tell people what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to show my face on camera. Yeah, we have so much conditioning of what we, it's not even necessarily what others expect of us. It's what we think mm-hmm. they expect of us. So like, yes. oh, my parents won't like if I do that. Well, they'll probably get on board at some point if you just go and do it, you know, right. or my husband won't think that da, 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 da. one, you're putting these stories on them. Is that even fair? Is that even fair to put these stories and assume that that is what they expect of you, that you have to live a certain way and not do things mm-hmm. that are going to make you happy, light you up, fill you with joy that you're passionate about, that your soul's calling you to do. Why are these people wanting to stop you from fulfilling your soul's calling? if they are, then that's a problem. Maybe that person shouldn't be in your life, but is that just a story that you're assuming that they want you to have a certain job, live a specific type of life, make a certain type of money, you know, what's, what's actually true here. And so we fall into our beliefs, a lot of which were formed as children, you know, oh, well, my mom said I couldn't be an actress when I was 10 years old. So my mom isn't going to support me 
having a podcast or, you know, like whatever you want to do. And it's like, is that actually true? Even if it is true, should that stop you? So doing that inner child work and being able to like soothe the inner child, get your subconscious mind and your inner child on board. Cause a lot of times they have thrown, the inner child has thrown its feet in the sand and said, no, 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 no. I can't do that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't, My inner child does that often. Yeah. Cause exactly. the, cause your inner child is like seven and under and wants yeah. to throw a fit. And so you will usually comply yes. with that because you don't want to deal with the fit that, a, that your inner child is throwing. Yeah. So to do the inner child healing work so that they are on board and feel safe. So your nervous system feels safe so that your subconscious mind isn't constantly being like, no, you can't do that. That's not possible. Getting all of that in alignment so that you can actually, you know, we talk about being in alignment. It's like, what does that even mean? Like whatever your soul is calling you to do. If you have, well, I'm, my brain is asking me to do this and my my conditioning from society is asking me to do that. And I'm actually not doing anything. None of that is in alignment. That's just a scattered mess. Yeah. So bringing that all together so that you can take those steps. A lot of the times it's like, well, I don't know what to do. No, you do know what to do. You're just too yeah. scared to do it. You're not ready to take, ready to take action. Yeah. Oh, oh man. So much of that was like hit on the head. So how long is your program and like, what steps are you walking your clients through? Mm -hmm. So nurturing your inner child. Yes. So it is 10 sessions long. One of those sessions is actually distance Reiki energy healing session halfway through so that there's time to integrate what we've been doing. So it's not just healing, take action, this take action. Like there's, there's that little break to just receive. And I also get to then work with their energy a little differently to be in Mm -hmm. a different, you know, realm as far as receiving some, not just hearing their voice. I get to tune that out and just receive, you know, what is your body needing? What does the universe need for you to hear? You know, that type of thing. The other nine sessions are coaching sessions and the steps that we go through are going to be, see, it's weird because it's like similar for everybody, but it's different for everybody, but yeah, healing that inner child changing the questioning, those beliefs that your subconscious mind keeps spinning out of like, you're not pretty enough, or you can't do that. Or what about money or, you know, so deconditioning the societal expectations, getting that subconscious on board, doing the inner child healing, getting really clear what is important here. Cause you might be spending your time on things that really don't matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, So getting that clarity about what, what is my soul calling me to do? How can I remove the blocks that I've put in my own way? Mm -hmm. so that I can take that action and move forward. So then having that support every week, week to week, you know, the accountability, the checking in, the giving them little bits of homework of here's what to do next. But I really love doing this work. I love, I'm a certified coach, but honestly, what the way that I work has nothing to do with my certificate. I live what I preach and I follow my own intuition. So it's me, it's this co-creation, me, the client and the universe passing energy back and forth, receiving, giving, moving, cycling through so that we can co-create and help you live the life that your soul's been calling you to live. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. I also love that you called it co-creation and not Mm -hmm. just a coaching because you're right. There's an exchange of energy that happens. That is amazing. Okay. So obviously we want tips on how to fall in love with ourselves daily because, and because really this is like, falling in love with you 101. So, and it's a journey, right? Like I think that everybody seems to think that it's like a destination you're going to reach. There's no real mountaintop. Mm -mm. Yeah. I love that you said that because I have a lot of clients who they'll say like, oh, I worked on that three years ago. Why is this problem (laughs) coming up again? I guess I didn't fix it. It's a journey. You're never going to fully fix it. And you have to stop looking at people seem to think they're, I'm just moving in a circle. You know, I'm not gaining any ground. You're not moving in a circle. You're moving in a spiral. You're spiraling Mm -hmm. up. Every time you come back to this problem, every time it arises anew, it is new. You know, it's an old problem, but you now have more wisdom, more healing. You're ready for that next layer that you might not have been three years ago. There was a piece that you were ready to work on you come back around, oh, I'm hitting that same issue again. Well, there's a new piece to work on. There's a new aspect that you're ready for, uh, mm-hmm. or that your body and your soul are ready to, to change. So tips for falling in love with yourself. 
I would start just be, it all starts with awareness. What are the thoughts that are happening to you on repeat? And what are you believing about them? Are they actually true or not? You know, whether you think you're overweight or I'm not good enough to do this or, you know, like I can't wear that, you know, no, 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 no. (laughs) One, your friends are going to, they love you for you. They don't care if they gain, if you gain 10 pounds, they really don't. Absolutely. So remembering that type of aspect, where did I gain this belief from kind of trying to cycle back? Can I remember where, you know, who gave this to me? Cause we're not born with any beliefs, none. We're not born with any conditioning. We picked it up somewhere. Cause people tell me that, oh, I've just always been this way. No, you have not. <laughs> you have not always been this way. This is a learned behavior, a learned belief, a learned pattern and habit. So you know, what's triggering this habit? What's triggering this thought? Where did I learn it from? Can I question it? Can I nourish my inner child who actually needs help believing something else and then support myself along the way when it comes up and creating pause? A lot of times we just react to things because it's on, you know, your brain has the neural pathways. This happens. Mm-hmm. I do that. This mm-hmm. happens. I say that this happens. I think that. So being able to one, have awareness that it's even happening, but then creating a moment of pause. Do I want to act the way I've usually acted in the past? I'm having a meltdown right now. Is it just a habit that I have a meltdown every four weeks because I haven't gotten what I wanted? You know, thing, just building that awareness. Yeah. And then re- everybody else's concerns are their concerns. Yeah. And stop putting your own story onto their concerns. You assume they have a problem with whatever it is and they probably don't. Mm-hmm. So stop judging everybody else for judging you because you don't even know, you know, that's their own business. So what do I want to do and mm-hmm. how can I go do it? What's yeah. important to me? What am I going to regret when I'm 95 years old and be like, man, my, I had an able body or I had, you know, financial means to da da da, or I wish I had just hung out with my friends more. Like, what are you going to regret? You know, if, if, and if it's, well, I can't take a pole dancing class because I'm not a size two and I have cellulite when you're 90, you're going to be like, I should have done it. Who cares? Yeah, absolutely. Who cares? So giving yourself permission to go and try the things that have been, you know, kind of nudging at you. Oh, I love yeah. these. I love these. I will be dissecting a lot after this conversation. I love this. Yeah. I okay. And honestly, I do get a little tired of the like, oh, it's self-care. I'm gonna get a pedicure. And like oh, I love- can we talk I- about that for a second? Why is that so like why is that- I don't know. I feel like social media pushes so much of that onto us. Yeah. Do you know where self-care really happens? It isn't the pedicure that you get weekly. It isn't the bubble bath that you take on a Sunday night. Self-care happens in the deepest moments Mm. of you putting in a habit, just like you said, being aware of what your thoughts are and falling a little more in love with yourself. That's where self-care happens. Yes. And it is going to look different every day because for me sometimes self-care is knowing that tomorrow I'm going to be super busy so I need to take a shower tonight it is not cute luxurious or instagram worthy but that is the real that is the real self-care is like what do I actually need and no it's not going to be cute enough to put on instagram but yeah it might be that I need to take a shower tonight because I don't have time to do it tomorrow morning and I want to give myself you know the time to so that tomorrow can go well even though I'm exhausted today I need to take a shower because that's going to help me tomorrow so and then the other aspect of self-care and falling in love with yourself instead of looking at Oh, how I need to get a massage or pampering or like, and I love those things. Those things are wonderful, but go on a freaking adventure instead. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh my God. Do it. Instead of booking the pedicure, why don't you book yourself in for zip lining? Ooh. Why don't you, you know, buy a bike and, you know, take your dog on a bike ride or you've never gone camping before. Find some friends who want to do that. You know, like, Go create the thing that you need. And that's one of the things I did last year is I helped co-create a Facebook group for women locally to make friends. And it's now like over 1300 people. And I now have this huge friend group where I can, you know, that whole like, oh, I need a partner so that I can da da da. 
well, no, if you don't want to do it alone, you just need a friend. So yeah, go create the thing that you need and desire. It's not always going to be readily available. You can't always just book it like a pedicure, you know? I, first of all, if you're looking for this group, I'll have it in the show notes because this this group sounds amazing. I can't believe I'm not a part of it yet. <laughs> Probably because I'm not in Vancouver, Seattle, Vancouver, not yeah. Canada, Vancouver. But um, I'm sure that you have women at this point from like all over. It can't just be in your area anymore. Has it gone global? Have you gone global? Oh, no, Jenny, no, no. Gone global. <laughs> no, no, no. The whole point is that we can make friends in our community and go and do things together, whether that's like the other day I had to be vulnerable and, you know, Hey, does anyone want to go sit in this Creek with me? Yeah. Let's go do that. You know, like just go do little things. And so if you're like, Oh, well, there's no women's group in my area. Well, then you're going to go create one. Yeah. You know, if if you don't have a place to meet friends, then create a place to meet friends. There is more solutions than there are problems if you're willing to look for them. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Love that. Okay. Getting over the hard times is difficult enough, but learning to love yourself through those hard times, Mm -hmm. I think that's like, that to me is... I'm even thinking like I, I'm holding back because a part of me is like it's so painful. So how are we going to do that when it's still so painful to love yourself in those dark moments? Practicing when it's good. Ooh. If it's a habit, then it's a habit. If your brain knows how to do it, it knows how to do it. So I like to just give myself permission to be. And honestly, if you're going to have a tantrum, if you're having a hard day, then make it the best fucking one possible. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know what? This is fucking hard and I'm going to sit here and cry about it. Good. Do it. Process it. Feel it like you don't have to. I think that's the thing is people want to go from zero to 10. And it's like, that's really not how we move. We're really just trying to move from zero to one, Mm -hmm. Uh, move from one, you know, despair to neutrality. Like, can I just get myself there? I don't need to get myself to bliss. That's way too far of a jump. Can I just get myself to, you know, from upset to bored, (laughs) you know, something like that. Um, I love that. Yes. Yeah. And so just being able to hang with yourself, no matter what, but if you, if you've been working on it and creating it where you're like, I don't betray me, I am always here for me. It doesn't matter how hard it gets. Yeah. It feels fucking hard right now. And this fucking sucks. And I feel like the universe is letting me down. I feel like no one's here, but you know, like whatever it is, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And just knowing it's fine that it'll be better later you know like I just always you know the sun's gonna go down and it's gonna rise tomorrow this is a hard time there are seasons in life and it's a hard time and that's okay and I can still be here with myself and you know I got me that's the promise you have to make to yourself like that commitment bigger than you know commitment to somebody else in a marriage like you have to make that commitment to yourself first I got me and I'm always going to be here for me I've gone and sat on a riverfront, bought myself a bouquet of flowers, you know, gone through like, how can I, what do I want to commit to myself? How do I want to show up for myself? No matter, you know, if if it's hard times or good times. Yeah. And that was, you know, that has been very beautiful, beautiful moments to have those. And being able to get through something really difficult and traumatic, you know, like having my dad die and going through a divorce and stuff. I go through hard things now and they're still hard and I let myself feel them. I'm never somebody who wants to like push it away and be like, just say an affirmation. And now everything is fine. Or, you know, like I'm not here to repress, not at all. I'm here to feel for sure. I'm here, here to feel, to be whole with it. But to know that I can cradle myself and give myself compassion and know that, yeah, it's just fucking sucks right now. That's okay. I'm going to watch Netflix. I'm going to have a cookie. I'm going to, you know, like whatever, whatever I want to do and know that it's okay today, you know, maybe tomorrow will, maybe tomorrow will still suck. Maybe tomorrow will be better, but I can have the space to know that things are always changing. And sometimes that's, you know, like I might be shopping and grumpy and standing in line and impatient. And just being able to kind of like look at myself and say, are you tired right now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm grumpy. And just feeling that softening. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be perfect right now. I don't have to not be ungrumpy, but to be able to be like, 
okay. Yeah. I'm being really impatient. I am really grumpy right now. I am really tired. Maybe I do need to get something to eat or need to go home and rest. And that's okay. Oh, I love all of this. I love, I've loved this conversation. So as we're wrapping up, where can people find you Mm -hmm. and where's the best place to connect with you? Uh, the best place to connect with me is definitely on Instagram. It's just my name, Jenny Sharp. I love being on Instagram. I love having actual conversations with people too. Real conversation, real connection. So that's where I spend most of my time socially where I'm, you know, creating content. I am on TikTok, but not as much. And then, you know, I have an email list and my own website, which is also just my name, but Instagram is the best place if you, you know, want to come say hi. Yeah. Amazing. All of that will be in the show notes, guys. Okay. One final question, Jen. What is your favorite coffee order? My favorite coffee order? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm not a big coffee drinker. My body does not do well with caffeine. And I, <laughs> yeah, but, but if I go to Dutch Bros, I like getting an iced white coffee annihilator. It's white macadamia nut, I believe. Oh my um, God, this sounds delicious. With white coffee. It is so good. The, and, but if I'm at Starbucks, probably like an iced caramel macchiato, something like that. I'm going to have to visit Vancouver and try, what was it called? Dutch Bros. Dutch Bros. Sounds like a place that I will be visiting very soon. Thank you so much for joining us, Jen. And that's a wrap on today's cup of share latte. A big thanks to Jenny for taking the time to brew some self-love with us. Remember besties, just like your daily cup of coffee, a little self-love goes a long way to fueling your soul. If you're craving more uplifting conversations, hit that subscribe button. It's like adding a shot of inspiration to your podcast list. Until our next caffeine-infused chat, keep sipping on self-love and remember, you got this. This is Min signing off from Share a Latte. Stay kind, stay empowered, and keep the self-love brewing strong. If today's episode warmed your heart, please hit that subscribe button and join me on future journeys. Enjoyed the chat today? Your thoughts and feedback mean the world to me, and they really help others find the magic in Share a Latte. Every story enriches our journey. Remember, you can turn your trials into triumphs and your scars into stars. Keep believing and keep chasing those dreams. This is Min taking her last sip from the Share Latte podcast, where life happens and coffee helps.